Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on! Yes, sir! Good morning, family. Stephen Lankford in with you, 95.7 The Game. And I'm a little sidetracked right now because I do want to talk some Warriors basketball as the Warriors beat the Oklahoma City Thunder 110 to 98. Their ninth win in a row. They're now 41 and 13 on the year as the Thunder are now 17 and 36. So they're not playing a very good team, but I got a little sidetracked because I've been so focused on prepping for the show, on getting everything ready because I got a couple of things from that game. Something that's going to worry me later on in the program. Want to get to something in baseball. Some news that I don't know if it necessarily slipped under the radar, but when I saw the headline and I read into it a little bit more, some strange news during the MLB lockout that I do want to talk about later on in the show. But there are TVs in the studio here, in the producer studio specifically, which is where I'm doing the show from. We got a big TV to our right, and we got a small TV that's kind of toward the back. So you got two. And they're always on interesting channels. Normally, if this is a TNT game for the Warriors, we'll have it on TNT, and it'll be something like Charmed or Supernatural. And I'll tell you, working in morning radio for the past six years, I have seen every episode of Charmed, never seen one with the sound on. Never. It's always been with the sound off. But I just started the show, got to the intro, because I want to talk about Clay. I want to talk about Kaminga. It feels like Clay and Kaminga, Clay and Kaminga. That has been the uh, the story these past few games. But I look to my right, and the TV's on Food Network, and someone's cooking what looks like a delicious apple crumble. I don't know what it is, but it totally sidetracked me from the intro of the show, and I felt like I had to bring you in there. But let's get to the actual game, 110-98. to And before we get to anything regarding Clay and Kaminga, can we just talk about this put-back dunk, please? Curry pulls down another rebound. He's had a good night on the glass. It's seventh. Clay Thompson fakes, fly-by, three ball. No good. Dunk by Kaminga! High in the air! Nobody saw him coming! Oh, man! Well, that's what happens when you keep running to the rim, and all of a sudden the ball bounces the right way, and they don't see you. Oh, what a spectacular catch and dunk. Air traffic control was alerted on that dunk. It was a wide-open three for Clay in the corner. Kaminga read it perfectly, timed it perfectly, and put it back for a monster slam. Everything that this guy does athletically, it's insane. I mean, his head goes to the rim on every single dunk. Every single dunk. And he had he had multiple dunks in last night's game. And some good possessions on defense, too. There's some mistakes here and there. And there's actually a play that Kaminga made uh, that, I'm not going to say it changed the game entirely, but it certainly turned things around for the Warriors in the second quarter. I want to get to that 
in a little bit, but the, the athleticism on this kid, it's always on display every single game. Now, as they're without some of their guys who are playing uh, maybe within that, uh, within that front court, when they're missing, you know, Andre Guadalla, who was missing at that time, who played for six minutes in the game, and that's something uh, that I think is worth discussing in the show as well as Andre Guadalla and what to expect from him uh, in the season. But you don't have Bielitsa. It, and, and you don't have Draymond. Kaminga is getting more and more minutes. And, and, and the rookies are both taking advantage of it. You had Otto Porter Jr. who came back into this game. He only uh, had a couple of points on this one. But in his 15 minutes of play, as, the, as Steve Kerr wanted to ease him in. But Jonathan Kaminga... He's taking advantage of every single minute that he's on the floor, and he's learning, and he's just playing with so much confidence. That putback that he had right there, that's confidence. That's knowing that you could jump over this Oklahoma City team. This Oklahoma City team whose four out of their five starters played over 30 minutes Josh Giddy, 30 minutes. Terrence Mann, 35. Lou Dort, 38. Darius Baisley, 37 minutes. Derek Favors only played 26. But I think Kaminga learns as he goes on that when you're playing these lesser teams, these ones who are kind of the, the bottom tier within the Western Conference, maybe waiting for a number one overall pick or at least a top three pick in the draft, Kaminga realizes, oh, I could just go crazy on these dudes. I could just go crazy. Now, it's not just the individual effort that we see from Kaminga every night. There's something that he did in this game, and this is the moment that I'm talking about that kind of turned it around. I'm not going to say it won them the game. I'm not going to say that. But in the first quarter, the Warriors, they were really struggling in this one. They were really struggling. They were 3 of 13 from 3. They were turning the ball over. The Thunder were knocking down shots. They were getting rebounds. And actually, that's why the Thunder were able to keep in this game, which led to a couple of Clay Thompson threes that we're, uh, that's also uh, going to be talked about. But it was in the second quarter. And Jonathan Kaminga, his individual defense... Just his one-on-one, his on-ball defense, whenever he's pressing whoever's taking the ball up the court, he's really good. He can move his feet, he's quick, he understands angles, timing, all of that. But when it comes to team defense, as some guys do, I mean, that was, for example, Kelly Oubre, a big issue with him among many uh, with the Warriors. It wasn't his on-ball defense, I mean, when he's just going face-up on a guy... He's just one-on-one with them. He could take them. Actually, I I liked Kelly Oubre for that, but it was the team defense that he struggled with. Now, there's about mm, just over nine minutes, or excuse me, just under nine minutes to go in the, uh, or excuse me, just over eight minutes to go in the second quarter. And this highlight may not seem like much, but Lou Dort is driving to the hoop, and Jonathan Kaminga takes the charge. Jerome picks up the dribble, finds Giddy to Williams, puts it on the deck, throws back up top to Jerome. They're probing the defense. Now Dort gets on the right side, moves on Curry, runs over Kaminga, offensive foul. Good job by Kaminga to step up on Dort, a little bit out of control. Well, he, he sensed that was coming, and he knows the way Dort plays, so he just got there early and. That's good, really scouting on his part. Now, at that point in the game, the Thunder were up 31-28 to after it was tied, and Williams knocked down a three-pointer to make it 31-28. to Then Clay Thompson knocks down a three to make it 31-30. to But then Jonathan Kaminga slides over to take the charge from Lou Dort. Then Steph would follow it up with a three. And from there, the Warriors wouldn't ever give up their lead. They'd lead for the rest of the game. Now, I'm not saying that this turned the entire game around. I'm not saying that 
you know, if it wasn't for this play, then the Warriors wouldn't have won that game. That's not true. The Warriors would have found a way to have won that game just because the Thunder weren't going to hang with them uh, for all 48 minutes. Like, that just wasn't going to happen. They could maybe hang with them for a half, but by the time the second half would come around, the Thunder would have no shot. Like, let's be, let's be, let's be honest. Even without Draymond on the floor, because they're missing their best player in Shea Gilgis Alexander, who is incredibly smooth. I love Shea Gilgis Alexander. It doesn't feel like we ever really see him on the court against the Warriors, though. Uh, but that's the type of play right there that can at least jumpstart the lead for your team and get things going. Because it was really slow for the Warriors up until that point. And that's when they started to take over in the second quarter. Now you may think, what, this player just takes a charge? What's so special about that? Everyone takes a charge. Well, according to Kaminga, this is the first charge that he's, take, that he's taken in, his, in the NBA... And he's only taken one with the G League. I would say my first charge, I think, in my life. Or second. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've never took a charge before. I'll say this is the second time because I took one in the G League, like night before, and everybody was really proud of me. Uh, this is my second time. So <laughs> it's it's his second time taking a charge. Now, what influenced this? Because this didn't happen too often where, you know, he was playing a help defense and found the perfect opportunity. Instead of trying to go up and try to block the shot, maybe cause a foul, Lou Dort gets a couple of layups, and who knows, maybe it's 33-30 to 30 by, the time that, uh, by the time that the possession's over. Hell, maybe even 34-30 to 30 in the Thunder's favor if Lou Dort knocks down the layup. But Kaminga had some influence. Listen to who influenced him to take that charge. I'm going to say Steph cannot be the, le- the leading scorer and taking all the charges. So, you know, if somebody said that, I mean, everybody else got to take the charge. So, got to do what you got to do. And that's what leadership is all about. He said at the beginning of that clip, Draymond essentially just said, look, man, Steph is our leading scorer and he's taking all the charges. So someone else needs to step up. And I think that's something that really we don't talk about too often. Now, for example, with that Thunder team, you know, there there are a couple of there are a couple of, of veterans on this one that could help a guy like Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy, who was taken early in the draft, sixth pick, a couple uh, just one before Kaminga. This dude, he has upside. He has some talent. Toward the end of the game, I mean, the way that he was getting to the hoop, he's really crafty. I actually like watching Josh Giddey's... I think Josh Giddey's game... I mean, he's got a lot of room to grow, but man, he's going to be very, very good once he's on a competitive team. And sure, you got Derek Favors, who can maybe give you some sort of advice since he's a veteran within the NBA. But that's how important it is for guys like Kaminga to develop within this team. And that's what makes it so special is just you're getting guys like Steph, Clay, and Dre who are just constantly giving advice. And when they say something, those gun guys listen. And I, and I think we overlook that even still, no matter how much we talk about it. No matter how much we talk about it. And when you get a guy like Draymond saying that, and then Clay Thompson saying this after the game about Kaminga. His four game, I mean, he's so good around the rim. He's really good in the post. His jump shot's very fluid. And he his no knowledge I mean his uh IQ to be nineteen and make the impact he does, it's a travesty he's not in the rookie sophomore game. That just doesn't that doesn't make any sense. I don't know what the NBA was looking for in that one. These guys know what they have in Kaminga. And hell, Moses Moody too. I mean Moses Moody just had he had this one play where it looked like he was aiming for the pass, he faked the handoff and goes in for a dunk. Moody continues to impress too. Every time he, anytime he gets extended minutes on the court, so I'm very happy with the rookies. But with that being said, it was about Clay Thompson toward the end of the game, and I want to talk about that next, as well as another veteran for the Warriors. Um, Steve Kerr spoke about him after the game. It's Andre Iguodala. Things aren't looking too promising, and when I hear what Steve Kerr and Steph Curry had to say about him. Leaves me a little worried, but Clay gave us the soundbite of all soundbites 
about last night's game as he knocked uh, knocked down back-to-back threes, really to put the dagger in OKC yet again in OKC. So that's coming up next. Stephen Lakeford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Gonna grab the microphone. Don't let my words rip. <laughs> oh, man. Stephen Langford here with you. Want to continue to talk Warriors. But prior to the Warriors, just a quick aside. Prior to the Warriors game, managed to go see the new Jackass movie. Jackass Forever. And if you are into the Jackass franchise, if you've kind of grew up with it, if it's a part of your generation, go watch it. Go watch it. It's almost like they're ushering in a new era of a Jackass crew, although I don't think they're going to continue Jackass without Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O, Chris Pontius, and all those guys. Danger Aaron, who was a star in this one. But you got some new guys. There's one whose nickname is Poopy. (laughs) It's just so random. And then another guy named Zach Holmes, who is basically... Preston Lacey, but 30 years younger. It was great. So I highly recommend you check it out. I got a little emotional watching it because you're you're really seeing them. Kind of like the way that I just talked about how Dre and Clay talk talk about Kaminga. It's kind of like watching that. It's like watching a veteran, the veterans of the team, the old guys who are, you know, to, not on the not toward the end of their career, but they're certainly not. They're certainly in the back half, and they're starting to teach in these teach these young guys and usher in that new era. That's kind of what it is with Jackass Forever. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you do so. So that's who we talked about in the first segment, though, was Jonathan Kaminga. Now I want to talk about Clay Thompson. And by the way, from the four one five at the Comcast Business Text Line at triple A nine five seven nine five seven zero, I said Terrence Man, Terrence Man instead of Trey Man, Terrence Man of Clippers fame, who's been a very good player for them. So, shout out to him, but I got that name wrong. And then from the... Excuse me, I got the text line far away here. The text machine is not working on my on my computer, so I gotta go far away. From the 925, Kuminga's nickname here is Sashimi. Raw, but defined. That's from CJ in the 925. Really like what I'm seeing from Jonathan Kaminga. But, and, I, and, I, and, and I talked about in that segment that there was the moment that kind of turned the game around when the Thunder were up by one and Kaminga took the, took the charge. It was a turnover. Then Steph would come back and score a three. But Clay Thompson in the fourth quarter, when this dude gets hot, I mean, who's more fun to watch than Clay Thompson? Curry off a screen, and the Thunder are fired up right now. They're swarming to the ball. Thompson off a screen by Looney. Nailed it. That's a huge shot for the Warriors. And now now Thompson is tied with Paul George on the all-time three-point list. He likes that end of the floor for a jump shot. And he would follow it up. Steve Kerr directing traffic. Says Wiggins set a screen. So Curry now gets the rookie giddy. Curry working alone. Step back. Nothing to do. Finds Thompson for three. Got it on the 
another one. Clay Thompson, back-to-back three. They gave him so much room. I, I cannot believe his defender did not challenge that. So, in the first half, Clay was one of five. He only had four points. Wasn't looking too great. Now, Steve Kerr said before the game that he was going to lift the minutes restrictions and get Clay up to 30 because he's been playing within the mid-20s in terms of minutes. So he was going to get Clay's minutes up in this one. And he sat him for more of the first half so that he could get him in for more of the second half. And Clay started to heat up and eventually he would go on to score 17 points in the second half. 3 of 5 from 3, and 5 of 10 shooting. So, not the greatest scoring night, but still, 17 points on 10 shots. Pretty damn good in the second half. Now we just need to see, because we've seen Clay do it in the first half. We saw him go, what was it, 7 of 9 overall. We saw him go crazy in the first half, and only uh, and, he, and he only took two three pointers in the second half, but didn't knock down any of them. We need to see it in both ha- both halves from Clay. But after that back to back, and we know what Clay did in 2016. Game six, Clay was born in OKC, so Clay had the back to back threes. And the first one, he's kind of like an NBA street character. Where he, he's, he's, he's not afraid to showboat. And not only that, but not afraid to showboat when play is going on. I mean, where was it? Was it, was it the game against, was it the game against Houston where he scores and he's already celebrating on the other side with the crowd on the other side of the court? Even though play's still going on and timeout hasn't been called. I don't know if that was a lack of awareness on his part or whatever, but he's he's celebrating like never before. He's taken full advantage of it. But after that second three, to put the Warriors up big and really to close things out for the Thunder, as they were starting to, I think they went on a 13-2 run. They were starting to make things interesting, but it was just too much with both Clay and Steph. But this is what Clay said after the game, because... After he knocked down that three, he yells to the crowd, This is my house. This is my house. So when he was asked about that after the game, this is what he had to say. I really I don't remember, man. I black out in those moments. <laughs> oh man, that just sounds like everyone on a weekend. I really I don't remember, man. I black out in those moments. <laughs> What'd you do on Saturday? What would you do on Saturday when you haven't seen your friends that you've seen for a very long time when you had to go see some uh when you had to go see some old coworkers in there telling you how everything's going I really I don't remember man I black out in those moments <laughs> It's so good so good but watching Clay heat up I mean there's nothing like it and it has to do with the fit with the headband, the wristband, the shoes, the hair, the beard, everything. He has turned into an NBA street character. And I am all here for it. And Clay is looking damn good, man. And not only that, but the team overall. I mean, the assists num- the assist numbers. You got Steph Curry with 10. Jordan Poole with, uh, with 8. Jonathan Kaminga with 4 of them. Overall, they'd have 30 for the game. Now Clay would only have two uh, would only have two in this one, but man, there's something about the way that Clay's playing that's give, that that just gives you hope knowing that he's still got some ways to go. I mean, really when we're when we're looking at it, he had 2 years off. And he's even had a little injury stint this year for a couple of games. But the way that he's looked, the way that he's come back, it didn't take long to get acclimated to his new role outside of playing the two spot because he doesn't really play that anymore. He doesn't necessarily play the shooting guard, especially since they have to play small ball with all these guys who are out. And Andre being out as well. But he looks to be thriving right now. And you can only think, barring any injury, that it's just going to get better. It's just going to get better from here. And watching his post-game pressers and just how inquisitive he is with the box score, kind of just reading and reacting. You know, we always talk about that with the Warriors, uh, with the Warriors, uh, with the Warriors' offense. It's such a read and react offense. 
set a screen, you got to go here, you got to move, you got to get out of the way for shooters like Steph and Clay. Well, Clay's a read and react post game presser. He, he likes to go through the box score and just think, damn, Jordan Poole, a plus 17 on the night? Damn, he played a good game. And he did play a good game uh, in this one. Just very efficient overall. Um, he was only one of four from three, but he had 11 points. Jordan Poole, that is. I just want to see what this team looks like when it's healthy. And then Clay spoke about that after the game. It's a great sign. It's, it gives me chills thinking about how good we can be at full strength. We got Belly at home. Wise is still rehabbing. And our all-star Draymond not here. It's extremely exciting. And then Kerr talked about Clay. Great to be able to have him out there. And obviously, you know, we, we're still dealing with injuries to key guys. And without Draymond, changes our rotation dramatically. We held out Andre out in the second half because he tightened up his back. So we were kind of scrambling a little bit in the fourth quarter. You know, Moses played in Andre's minutes, did a great job. And it was nice to get him some key moments in a, in a pressurized game. And I thought he handled it beautifully. I thought Jordan Poole played a fantastic game, you know, really decisive and efficient with the ball and Steph too. And the ball moved beautifully tonight, 30 assists. And we, for the most part, we took care of it. Biggest issue for us tonight was the uh, offensive boards. They had 18 of them. All those extra possessions was what allowed them to stay in the game. And that's something... I do think needs to be addressed is the offensive rebounds, but we can focus on that in the next segment. Want to continue to focus on Clay here and Steph Curry. Speaking of Clay, at the end of the pre- at the end of the game, Not right away in that moment, we thought about it yesterday. Practice coming in, it's obviously a lot of history in this building. It's his first time back in a long time, so I thought about it. Then I didn't think about that uh, right after he made the shot, and then I think he was uh, part of his little celebration. This is my so it was on it was on his it was on his mind. That's all I meant. I don't think that overrides just seeing him back in general. So I want to glamour it up too much because it's big, two big shots, but it's more so just a, a love of seeing Clay play basketball. This is only his 12 game back, right? So I just love to see that no matter what gym it is. Now, it's not like he goes off on the Thunder more than any other team, but in his 29 games that he's played against them, he's averaged 18 points a game. 38% from three, 45% overall from the field. And he has what? That's the third mo the fifth most points that he scored against an opponent. So it's not like he goes off against the Thunder every single time, but game six Clay was born in OKC and that continues to live on. Where is it from the good lord, this is brutal with the text line all the way over there. Hang on. From the 415. While Michael Jordan talks about being in the zone, Clay in the blackout. Is that what we're going to call it now? <laughs> Is that what we're going to call it when, when Clay goes off like that and he starts celebrating with the crowd? Is that the new nickname for Clay? We always have that the scaffolding Clay, China Clay, Captain Clay. But now when Clay goes off the way that he does, do we call it blackout Clay? I really I don't remember, man. I blackout in those moments. <laughs> blackout Clay. I kind of like that. I think we're on to something. And then where was it? From the 925. Kaminga. Another overvalued marginal player that the irrational homers pump up. How am I supposed to entertain that text? How am I supposed to entertain that text? If you're if you're calling Kaminga a marginal player, then I'm just going to assume you haven't watched many of the games. And, and, and the ones that you did watch, well, maybe that helped fall into the narrative. Because it's not like he's had a perfect game every single game. I'm not going to say that. But lately, the way that he's playing, he's continued to improve. And he's proven that he's better than just a marginal player I mean, you gotta give him a little more credit maybe with, with the games that you've watched maybe it just you know it fell into that narrative of you calling him a marginal player but if you watch every single game i don't know how you could come to the conclusion that he's a marginal player uh but we have been talking about all the good things and we'll still talk about the good from this game but there is some bad that I do want to get to, which does include uh, the offensive rebounds. But Steve Kerr gave an update on Andre Iguodala and the way that he was talking about him. That's leaving me a little concerned. We'll get to that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game.
Steve Kerr directing traffic. Says Wiggins set a screen. So Curry now gets the rookie giddy. Curry working alone. Step back. Nothing to do. Finds Thompson for three. Got another one. Clay Thompson. Back to back three. They gave him so much room. I, I cannot believe his defender did not challenge that. I really, I don't remember, man. I black out in those moments. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. I think we're on to something here. I think we're on to something here, pregame show listeners, pregamers, I guess is what I should call you. Is that the is that the way to go here? Or is that just taking it from the morning roasts, calling their listeners the or our listeners rather, the the roasters? The pregamers, is that what we're calling the listeners here, the pregamers? Just like when Clay does something like that where he starts to go off. In the first half, he only had four points, but in the second half he ended up having seventeen. And he said, after that moment, when he went to the crowd and said, this is my house, because we all know Game 6 Clay and OKC back in 2016. I really, I don't remember, man. I black out in those moments. I think that's it. Blackout Clay. <laughs> when he's going off like this. By the way, nine, the 925 number that you texted in at the Comcast Business Text Line, you uh, you started something, man, with, the, with calling Kaminga a marginal player. People are not happy with you, uh, 925. Really not happy. And, you know, when you're if you're going to text into the pregame show, I'm more likely than not going to read your text. And whatever you do text in, just realize the pregamers, they're coming at you. Let me let me let me see here. I'm I'm sorry. I feel I feel terrible, but look, the text line is on a totally different computer screen. The one that I got on my normal computer screen is not working right now. I don't know why. This happens every time, but I gotta just you're gonna hear the chair in the background. I gotta move to read the text. Hang on. From the eight three one, the Warriors are unstoppable, just like the nineteen year old Phenom Kaminga. From the five seven four, marginal player. He is play, he's putting up great numbers off the bench in his rookie season. Also on the second best team in the entire league. That has something to do with it. <laughs> the 707 the best nickname is Butt Pad Steph. I remember that Butt Pad Steph. <laughs> oh, what a time. We never we don't talk about that enough. You know that the 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 MVP type of season that Steph was having last year, and he was doing it on a broken tailbone. I mean, that's crazy. But I, I'm really liking the blackout clay. I really I don't remember, man. I blackout in those moments. So good, so good. And the thing I like about Clay compared to guys like Steph when they're shooting in the in the in the final minutes is Steph. He's normally shooting off balance because he always has two or three guys covering him. He's got to get off the screen and try to find that little inch of room so that he could put the shot up. And more often than not, that shot is a is a fadeaway, one where his momentum is pulling him in the direction of the opposite side of the court. Whereas Clay, when he takes the shot, he's not going to take a lot of fadeaway threes. He's not going to take those types of threes that Steph that that, that Steph makes. So he's going to shoot the ball when he has his feet set. And it's kind of like when a professional golfer gets in a, uh, gets a putt and he sees that the line is perfect and starts walking it in. That's what Clay has started to do with his three-pointers. I mean, that's what he did on the first one. Curry off a screen, and the Thunder are fired up right now. They're swarming to the ball. Thompson off a screen by Looney. Nailed it. That's a huge shot for the Warriors. And now now Thompson is tied with Paul George on the all-time three-point list. He likes that into the floor for a jump shot. And now he's 18th on the all-time three-pointers list. So, got quite a ways to go to catch Steph, and I don't know if he's going to make it there, but you, and then it, it does make you wonder, though, what would have happened if, you know, he just didn't get hurt for the past couple of seasons. I know it stinks to talk about, uh, but you just can't help but wonder where he would have been on this list now if he were healthy uh, the past couple of years. But it's great to see him back, and he is he's playing... At a rate, I don't think that we expected. I didn't think that he would be back this quickly, but I think it goes to show the patience that the Warriors showed to bring him back. I think it should give you some confidence with Wiseman, the way that they're handling Draymond, 
but another guy that I think we got to be concerned about. And I, I don't like to say press the panic button because after all, this is sports and there are other things in life that we have to worry about besides sports where we actually have to hit the panic button. And it's such a cliche way to say it, but I do think that if you're focused so much on this Warriors team, if you live and die by the Warriors, then I don't blame you. Be all in, in which case you can press the panic button here. But Andre Iguodala, he had missed eight games, and he just came back and was looking good. I believe he had six minutes on the floor, and he was looking good, but... He ended up getting hurt and walking back to the locker room again with back tightness. And Steve Kerr, whenever he speaks after the game, he chooses his words carefully when talking about injuries because he doesn't want to cause too much of an uproar, especially with a guy who, you know, might not be, uh, especially with a guy who, you know, might not have some sort of injury that's going to last for for a, a long term, for a long stretch. But this is what he had to say after the game about Iguodala and his concern for his back. It's a concern. I mean, he hasn't played. And then his first game back, it tightens up. So it's definitely a concern. We need him. You can see how good he was in that first half. He just does so many things for us. So I'm definitely concerned. So I don't really know what to expect from Iguodala going forward. I I do think that he plays a role where it's not like he's going to get, you know, 20 minutes a game. It's definitely not that type of role. But when he is in the game, he does impact the game both on the offensive and the defensive side. Now, if he does come back and he's good as new, then great. But right now, I am concerned for Iguodala after hearing the way that Steve Kerr uh, talked about him. And then the way that Steph talked about him after the game, because he was asked um, about this team being healthy and along with Draymond Green, he threw Andre Iguodala's name into the mix. It is honestly, it's kind of hard to understand what that's going to look like because you never like there's so much indefinite timelines of guys being in and out. Wise Draymond, essentially Andre now, so we're very excited about it. But we also understand we don't want to skip too far ahead to, especially for the young guys, to keep building the right habits and the right perspective of how they can impact winning. Because when you get to the playoffs, if there is an injury, if there is something, everybody has to have that same confidence. We need everybody on the same page, and we're, we're building towards that. So I'm not going to rule Iguodala out for the season. I'm not saying he's going to be out for the season, but clearly Kerr and Curry both heard something in the locker room from Andre that showed it's not good. Because Steph said for the amount... Like, listen to the beginning of this clip one more time. He said... And he lumped him in with Draymond, not knowing long-term when Andre can be back. It is. Honestly, it's kind of hard to understand what that's going to look like because you never, like, there's so much indefinite timelines of guys being in and out wise. Draymond, essentially Andre now. So we're very excited about it. Potentially Andre now. And and that, that doesn't, Curry doesn't say things like that too often. So I don't know if that's the uh, – it's not going to force the Warriors to make a trade or anything. Or uh, I'm not saying to take him off the roster, but I just don't know what to expect. Because kind of like with James Wiseman and what they've been going through with Wiseman this season is a lot of unpredictability. The meniscus tear that Wiseman suffered last season – carrying it over into this season, getting back to practice and having those individual workouts. Anthony Slater, Warriors insider, told us on the roast yesterday to pump the brakes. Really, don't overreact to just Wiseman practicing. Until you see something concrete, like he's participating in five-on-five scrimmages and he's getting ready to come back, they don't know what to expect either. He can take 10 steps forward but then out of nowhere can take five steps back. So I I just wonder, is there even a way for these trainers, because bodies are unpredictable, is there a way for these trainers to know when to, and Rick Celebrini being the one, is there a way to know the timeline for Andre Iguodala, when to bring him back? Because it seems like this is the type of injury that could just happen like that. <laughs> and I just, I just kind of used a, I just kind of used a drop through the microphone. I just snapped my fingers. <laughs> you said as a drop. That's, that's a little unprofessional. But hey, you know what? It is what it is. 
So I, I, I am concerned for Iguodala, and I want to see him in the playoffs because he can play those, even though he doesn't get the 20 minutes game, he's going to play meaningful minutes. Him and GP2, both, they're brought in as specialists in times when they need a defensive stop or they need a leader on the floor. I think Andre is going to be much needed uh, in the playoffs in specific situational times in the game. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I am concerned uh, for Iguodala. And please, if you want to weigh in, feel free at the Comcast Business Text Line at 888-957-9570. <laughs> From the 408, Blackout, Jackie Moon, Jackie Moon Thompson, and then also Oreo Cookie. We can be the early, the what? The early morning fluffers? I don't even know what that means, Oreo Cookie. Dude, uh, this is so brutal, just trying to read the text line and going back and forth, back and forth. I'm looking like one of those guys in a spy movie that has a bunch of sque- screens around him and he's just rolling his chair back uh, across the room, back and forth, trying to <laughs> trying to do his job. That's kind of what it looks like in here right now. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to be live streaming this thing, just so you don't see the look of panic on my face throughout the hour of 5 to 6. I it, That would have to go through me, the permission for that. So you're not going to see that, but uh, it's a tough time reading the text line this morning. Very tough time. All right. We talked enough about basketball and the Warriors getting that win over Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Actually, there is one that I do, do want to play, and it's the little things. And shout out to Anthony Slater for pointing this out. Uh, but it's the little things in the game. The Jonathan Kaminga charge which led to a Steph Curry 3, which gave the Warriors the lead, and they never gave it back to the Thunder. Although it came, they came close in the fourth quarter, but they never did uh, bring it back. So that's the type of game, that could, the type of play that could change up a game. But toward the end, of, uh, end of the half, this is something that guys like Anthony Slater, and this is why we bring him on to the show as an insider, this is something, this is something that these guys see. But there was a moment in the game toward the end of the first half where... There was a play that was drawn up after Oklahoma City's Lou Dort shot free throws. And here's the highlight. It's just, you know, it, it's not an exciting call, but it's just a play like this. Dort missed the free throw. Looney will clear. Curry with the ball. Warriors up 10, 49, 39. 90 seconds left in the half. Pulled down the lane. A right-hand floater is up and good. So it may not seem like much, but Looney sets a screen. Steph set up the play prior to the free throws that were shot by Lou Dort, and he told the team exactly what to do and what they were going to do, and they executed it perfectly. It was just, if you're listening to the call, you're just thinking, oh, it's just a regular layup. But you see on the other side, and Anthony Slater pointed this out, Steph galloping toward the other side of the court and then pointing at Steve Kerr. And then Steph explained the play after the game. Our execution can kind of go... All different directions, just depending on rotations and different lineups out there. And coach is very uh, adamant on us being able to work on stuff in practice and implement it in a game. And I think this morning we wrote on the board a play that he wanted to kind of try, but we didn't really get to it at any point early in the game. And we did actually go through it and shoot around on that. So I took it on myself to try to get everybody in the right positions to run that play. It was because we had two shooters and we had ability to get uh, me, JP, and Clay, and Wiggs all this at the floor at the same time, able to use everybody as kind of a threat and open up the paint and get JP downhill. And it worked. So I was excited to play coach for one possession. That's kind of the beautiful part about sports in general. You could go to basketball, baseball. I actually think hockey is one of the hardest sports to understand because they're moving at such a quick pace on their skates. You wonder how they have the time to even draw anything up. I actually have tried looking into it. It's very tough to understand. But there's those little moments within each game, whether it's football, hell, baseball too. You'll find there's a lot of trickling down with baseball because you know the the biconditional if one thing happens if one thing happens then this thing happens one thing leads to another that happens in baseball all the time but in basketball it's just those little plays like that where curry was excited for a jordan pool floater as the warriors have started to maintain their lead 
It just goes to show you. It just goes to show you. A little thing like a Kaminga, Kaminga taking a charge the first time in his NBA career, the second time in his whole life, according to him. You have that little play from Steph where he was the coach, and then you have Clay turning into blackout clay toward the end of the game. I really, I don't remember, man. I blackout in those moments. Okay, I want to transition here. And I want to transition to the sport that I just talked about with baseball. And I know, you're probably like, all right, I'm going to turn off the radio. I'm going to try and turn something, uh, turn it to something different. I don't want to hear about the lockout. What more is there to hear? Well, not so fast. Not so fast, because... Baseball just continues to look more and more incompetent as time goes on with this lockout, not coming to an agreement with their players. I know yesterday I called out Max Scherzer just for going off on Twitter about it. He is putting a voice to it, but also, dude's making $43 million. Um, and the other guys, they can still they can still express some of their concerns with what's going on. But they tried bringing in a mediator. mediator the MLB did. The union, they dismissed that mediator. They said they don't want it. So now, I'm not going to say talks are at a standstill, but there hasn't been much progress that's made. As you hear Bonte and Joe just yelling in the background, good Lord. I think they're pretty fired up for a Wednesday show. It's nice to know that. Uh, nice to know that they uh, still know. You know, their voices carry through the window. Yeah, it's all good, Joe. Uh, so, so there's this thing in baseball, though. Drug testing in Major League Baseball has stopped. The lockout started on December 2nd, and this drug agreement that the MLB had created with the Players Association was terminated on December 1st of 2021. So, really... There you go. All right. You can hear me. Bonte. Bonte's got motivation. Uh, so, good Lord, I'm sorry. I'm, a really, I'm really distracted right now. Uh, so, basically, baseball is not drug testing as of right now. Now, it's not to say that baseball is going to be free of PEDs for the rest of time. It's not like we're going to go back to this steroid era. Not at all. But players certainly have the time to do what they have to do and then come back clean. They have all the time until the lockout comes back and they bring in this drug agreement. They can do whatever they want. They can really do whatever they want. And what we know about baseball players with their cheating, kind of like the Egyptian goalkeeper with the with the water bottle when they were when he was going up against Senegal and he put a graph of every player's penalty shots that uh, that they've taken in their past and their tendencies, kind of like that. There's gamesmanship involved with baseball all the time. Guys can get crafty. So my question is, how did baseball not foresee this? Is it a, I, how does an agreement like that expire? Something that they've been trying to put an end to. Something that kept Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, besides the way that they handled the media, but the way that they were using PEDs too, allegedly, it kept them out of the Hall of Fame. And, and, and after all of that, the drug agreement expires at the beginning of the lockout. Like baseball, what are you doing? What are you doing, baseball? How, how does that work? Like, how do you not keep this on notice? Now that being said, don't bring it back. Don't bring it back. Let these guys do whatever they want. It seemed like that era of baseball, the steroid era, was the most popular time. Now, granted, will these make you? Will, will these make guys? Will 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 these new PEDs that guys take possibly make them bunt more? Make them sacrifice guys over and get more base hits? Probably not. You'd actually see more of what we see now, which is just home runs, walks, and strikeouts. Because pitchers would probably be th- throwing harder than ever. Guys would be stronger than ever while also using the trajectory of their squint, swing to hit it out of the ballpark. But man. I don't care. 
<laughs> I don't care. Just just don't even come back to the agreement. Don't even try to write another one up. Just let it all happen. Let it all happen. And maybe that way, guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens will be getting into the Hall of Fame. I just, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I couldn't believe it. Just how, this one thing that you've been trying to stand up against, Major League Baseball, is these guys who are tainting the record book. Who are ruining the game with PED use and all that. And now you let this drug agreement expire when you're going into a lockout. Look, and this goes back to my this goes back to my original statement, which it just reigns over everything. Baseball's not going to change until there's a new commissioner. Until Rob Manfred is no longer a part of baseball, a guy who doesn't really understand what's going on within the game, doesn't understand how to handle things, the way that he handled the Astros situation, Uh, everything in 2020, when you had the opportunity to be the only sport to be played, couldn't come to an agreement with the players. Rob Manfred's essentially a businessman. So they need a new commissioner bad. Because it's just, it's just, it's stacking like pancakes, one on top of the other, issue after issue after issue. Oh, man. I think we've had a good show today. I think we've had a good show today. Oh, and to update you on Food Network, which was on the TV as soon as I came in, and, you didn't know, and I didn't notice until the start of the show, and I got distracted. On Food Network, it looks like she made pulled pork sliders? Is that what those are? <clears throat> Just in case you were waiting for that, I know I teased that starting from the beginning of the show. Damn, they look good on Food Network right now. But please, stay tuned in to 95.7 The Game from 6 to 9 as the morning roast with Vontae Hill and Joe the Butcher Bushaski is coming up. But the one thing that we've learned today, Blackout Clay. Blackout Clay is the new nickname. I really, I don't remember, man. I blackout in those moments. When he goes off, it's Blackout Clay from now on. We've established that. It's been a good Tuesday. It's been a good Tuesday here on 95.7 The Game. All right, everyone, have a great morning. And as always, go sports. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.